Hey, everybody. I'm Alvin. Uh, for those of you here for the first time, welcome. I'm lead pastor here. Uh, I'm glad that you're with us. Spring is here. The weather is incredible. I uh, wish we had like a sunroof in this place. But, um, but yeah, a lot of good things are happening. We kicked off the spring pretty well last weekend. We had Easter weekend. Friday was our first Good Friday service that we've ever had, and that went well. Uh, Saturday, we got to serve the community. Uh, there were some uh, homes who had been hit and damaged by the flood, and Nashville Life came out and came together and served uh, in our community, and I'm looking forward to doing more of that. And then Sunday, we had uh, the biggest Easter service we've ever had, and honestly, maybe the second largest service that we've had in nine years in, in general. And uh, a lot of people came out thanks to you guys inviting your friends and your families and your coworkers and your clients. And uh, hopefully some of you all are back. It looks like some of you all are back. So welcome back to Nashville Life. Um, and then a lot of good things are happening too. This Tuesday, uh, we're doing, it's like our third to last life group semester together. We're doing Tuesday night meetings all together. And uh, this Tuesday is open mic. So it's an open mic for people to share what God is doing in your life. Uh, so please come Tuesday night because it's going to be basically a chance to share what God is doing in your life. So it's going to be a super special uh, and always interesting uh, Tuesday night life group together. So it's open mic edition. Come this Tuesday to, uh, at 7 o'clock. And then as you saw, the following Tuesday is water baptism. We are going to baptize people right here in this pool behind the screen. So if you want to be baptized, please sign up. Please come. We would love to do it. If you've been baptized already, please come and celebrate. We like, we like, to, we like to party at Nashville Life. We like to celebrate. So we, we want it to be a very celebratory uh, event. So if you've been baptized, still come so we can congratulate those who are making this step. So that's in two weeks. So a lot of good things are going. We're starting the spring off uh, super strong. That's not even including the new building. So good things are happening. Uh, but we've got good things today. We've got great things today. We're going to continue in our series, but before we do, let's, let's say this prayer together. Uh, repeat these words after me. Say, the word of God is the bread of life. May my heart conceive it and my life achieve it. The more I give life, the more I'll receive. The more I live life, the more I'll believe. In the name of Jesus, name of Jesus. Amen. amen. All right. Um, our series for this month is called Actually. And we're basically taking fundamental words that are very essential to life and discovering and uncovering what they actually mean so that we can be accurately uh, living our lives according to the will of God. Um, we cover how the human language is uh, uh, interesting thing, uh, especially in culture today, we use words uh, not by the actual definition, and it's become just a cultural norm. Uh, last week I was joking, talking about how you know starving is not really what starving actually means when we say it. Like we've had breakfast, and by the time lunch we say we're starving, but are we actually starving? Not really. Um, when it comes to, I mean, the word dying, like if something's funny, I'm like, oh, I'm dying laughing right now. Like, I'm not dying. 
It's not what it actually means, but it's how we use it. It's how we all know it, and, and that's just the way it is. And this isn't a new thing. Language has always been uh, a source of confusion for people, even back during the days of Jesus. In uh, John chapter 6 last week, we covered how he talked about the word bread and how there's the bread that we know and the bread that we call bread, but then he goes, man, there's a whole other bread that's, that's a whole different thing. So what you think is bread is actually not, I am the bread of life. And the most surprising and the most radical thing that he clarifies that we were totally off on, and that is the word life. So last week we talked about Jesus uncovers what we call life is not life actually. What we think is life is when there's blood running through our veins, when our, our biological organs and hearts and, and muscles are, are functioning. But Jesus says that that's not life at all. He says the only life, he says life actually comes specifically and exclusively from the Spirit of God. And he was talking to people who didn't have the Spirit of God. So he was the bold one that was letting people know, you think you're alive and you're actually dead. If you want to live, you've got to feed on my flesh, you've got to drink of my blood, you've got to receive my spirit. So we talked about that last week, but this week I want to talk about a word that is equally misused and confused about, and that is truth. Truth, actually. So that's the topic for today. Um, truth next to life is probably the most misused word in the human language, and it's got a lot of uh, bad repercussions and a lot of confusion has come around uh, misunderstanding the definition of this word. And it makes sense. It makes sense that truth is such a confusing word and it's become so blurry, especially when you learn the condition of the human race. There's something very important about the human race that we should all understand that I think is going to help us get why truth has become such a, a confusing topic. Uh, there's something about the human race that we need to know and that needs to just kind of come out the gate with. And uh, as much as I love us, uh, the human race is, is filled with uh, a bunch of liars. There's a lot of liars. People lie. A lot of people lie. Dare I say, everybody has lied in one way or another somehow. People lie. Let's just, let's just accept, let's just get that out of the way. People lie. Let's stop pretending like it's something different. People lie, and honestly, most people lie. And Jesus gives an explanation to why this is the case. It's not judgment, it's just a fact. It's a fact. People lie, and there's a reason. There's a reason, we don't have to be afraid of this. There's a reason, it makes sense that we lie. And Jesus says in John 7, you are of your father, the devil. <laughs> That's why we lie. And your will is to do your father's desires. It's, it's very normal, it's, 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 the, it's, the, it's a matter of fact. He, talking about uh, our father, he was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character. He's talking about the devil. He speaks out of his own character for he is a liar and the father of lies. So not only is the devil a liar, but he's the father of liars, and Jesus was addressing a group of people and saying, that's your dad. Jesus basically lets us know that people lie because their father lies. Have you guys ever uh, had a friend that you've known for a little while, and you meet 
their parents, and you're like, oh, I get it. <laughs> I get it now, for better or for worse. Parents usually help describe or explain the origin of why we look the way we look, why we talk the way we talk, our mannerisms. It's like, I totally get, oh man, yes, of course you're her mom. Of course you're her dad. Like, parents help us understand why our friends are the way they are. And, and this brings up uh, this issue today. I mean, Jesus is saying the reason why people lie is because that's how their dad acts. Their dad is not only is he a liar, but he's the father of lies. Which brings up a big question that we need to talk about today. Because if, if, it, if your father determines who you are, then the big question today is, who is the father? Who is the father? And this question goes way back, way before the Maury Povich show, everybody. It goes way back before the daytime. This has been a, an age-old question that goes way before today. People have been wondering that question for centuries. The religious people of Jesus' day were confused about who their father was, primarily because they were confused about what fatherhood was. When it comes to fatherhood, there's biological fatherhood and there's spiritual fatherhood. And whenever it comes to the two, guys, the spiritual weighs way more when it comes to determining who we are and our destiny. Your spiritual fatherhood will determine your identity, your destiny, your future miles and tons more than your biological fatherhood. And this is great news for some of you because some of you actually come from a biological heritage that you're not necessarily trying to repeat. So to hear that there's a fatherhood that can overcome and outweigh your biological fatherhood is great news for some of you. But this wasn't good news for the Jews because they had a very godly biological father, Abraham. Abraham was a man of God. He was a man of the spirit. He was a man of faith. So hearing that their biological father was not the same as who their actual father was was not good news for them. It was actually very disturbing because they, they happened to be a people that took a lot of pride in their biological heritage. So Jesus, classic Jesus, took it upon himself to drop the news that not only is their father not a godly person, but it's actually anti-God. It's the devil himself. And they didn't take the news too well, as you could probably imagine, um, because it's tough. When it's a huge leap from Abraham being our father to the devil. I mean, at least let it be a, a good person like the devil. But this is, this is a revelation that biological fatherhood is not the same as spiritual. And if this sounds too far-fetched for you, just so you know, if you call yourself a Christian, your entire identity is built on everything I just said, except the positive side. Honestly, my life, at least the total course of my life, it makes more sense that my father is a devil than my father is God. I've done a lot more sinful things in my life than I've done righteous things. But yet we, we, we buy into this idea that no matter what we do, God is our dad. And Jesus is the one going, no, that's not the case. 
If you lie, that's a reflection of who your father is. Again, Jesus, he gave truth. It, it, it makes sense that he had not a ton of people following him at the time. It's arguable how many people were following him today. Because truth is, it kind of comes for these, these very sensitive parts of your identity. Though Jesus Christ, through Jesus Christ, God is my father. He is my spiritual father. Now, I happen to be by coincidence and by chance, praise God, my biological father, Alvin Love II, our founding pastor of Nashville Life. <laughs> Amazing man. He's my biological father. But I had to learn what the Jews had to learn, and just because my biological father is a man of God, that doesn't automatically make me one. Before I received Jesus Christ, my spiritual father was Satan. My biological father was Alvin Love II, but my spiritual father was the devil. And it wasn't until I was converted, hence the word conversion, through Jesus Christ, I was converted from having the devil as my dad to God as my dad. Honestly, this is the case for all of us, whether you know it or not. And honestly, those of you who were raised in the faith need to hear this, honestly, more than those who weren't, because you have more of a stumbling block to understand this truth than those who, are, who know they're heathens. Some of us here, we, we don't need convincing that our father's a devil. But for those of us who were born and raised in a pew, sometimes it's the hardest for us to get it, just like it was the hardest for the Jews to get it. The prostitute got it. She was like, I get it, my father's a devil. The Jews who were in all the garb and all the tassels and all of the fasting, that was tough for them because Self-righteousness, guys. Righteousness outside of the conversion of Jesus Christ. This is a human thing, guys. It's the human race. Adam and Eve, when they sinned, before they sinned, they were children of God. But when they sinned, Scripture says they became children of wrath. And that has been humanity's default ever since. The default nature of a human being is a son or daughter of the devil. Truth actually, guys. Praise God, my notes are upside down. <laughs> this is why we all must come and repent. This is why Jesus says you must be born again. Have you ever thought why he was so adamant on you must be born again? If our first birth did the trick, why would we need to be born again? This is why, guys. This is the why behind these scriptures that we've heard all the time. You must be born again. Why? Because your first birth, your spiritual dad is the devil. And it's not until you're born a second time, a born of the spirit through me, that your dad can become my dad, who is God. 
Without Jesus, guys, our father is the father of lies. So think about it. If the whole world, if the whole world's default is being fathered by the, not just a liar, but the father of lies, is there any wonder why truth is nearly impossible to find? Is it any wonder that truth is so close to impossible to define? Is it any wonder why truth is so hard to tell? Is it any wonder why truth is so hard to hear? Is it any wonder why truth is so hard to know? It makes sense why it's so hard. And the reason why I say nearly impossible and close to impossible because though you can't find truth in a lot of places, you can find it in one place. And the good news of the gospel is, though you might not be able to find it everywhere, there is at least one guaranteed place. There is one place to find it, and that is Jesus Christ. John chapter 7, 12 through 13. Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisees said to him, you are bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Okay. Let me tell you something about liars. Not all liars know the truth and are telling you a lie even though they know what the truth is. There are some cases of that. There is that category of lying where you know the answer, but you're intentionally giving the wrong one to deceive somebody. But then there's another degree of lying, another category that though is the passive side of lying is still lying nonetheless. It's no less of a lie, but it's not from the same place, and that is deception. Deception is when you believe you are telling the truth, even though you're telling a lie. So it's a passive version of lying. It's still lying nonetheless, but it's not cold-blooded, but it still has the same effects. Intentions really don't matter. We put a lot of weight on intentions. Unintentionally lying and intentionally lying still produce a lie and still lead people astray. The Pharisees were deceived. And when you're deceived, what is a lie is true, but what stinks is what's true is a lie. So you've got this issue where the Pharisees who are deceived are looking truth square in the face and saying that is not true. But then you got Jesus who's looking at this side and saying that's not true. This side is saying, you're of the devil, you're not true. Jesus is saying, you're of the devil, you're not true. So we've got this dilemma, and I'm gonna call it a game, and that is who is telling the truth? It's a game that was going on then and it's still going on now. Everybody's saying, I'm telling the truth, other person's lying. No, I'm telling the truth and the other person's lying. Who's telling the truth? Turns out this is not a game that started in our lifetime. This game has been going on since this day. 
Let's hear how Jesus pleaded his case. Let's hear how he pleaded and defended his side. Jesus, this is John 7, 14 through 19. Jesus answered, this is his reply to when they said, your testimony is not true. He says, even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true, for I know where, I'm com- where I come from and where I am going. But you do not know where I come from or where I am going. Jesus says, you judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. Yet, even if I do judge, my judgment is true. For it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father. Say the Father. I and the Father who sent me. In your law, it is written that the testimony of two people is true. I am the one who bears witness about myself and the Father, say the Father. The Father who sent me bears witness about me. They said to him, therefore, where is your Father? Jesus answered, you, don't, you know neither me nor my Father, If you knew me, you would know my father also. So Jesus is using the same logic to why he's true that he used to why the Pharisees were liars. And it all goes back to who is the father. Jesus said, I am true because my father is the truth. My father is true. So it's the same logic. It's all a matter of who's the father. If your father is true, you are true. Not because you're so amazing, but your father is. Jesus says, I'm truth because my father's truth. You are a liar, not because you're just this horrible person, but your dad is a liar. Guys, this is not as personal as we think. It's about who our father is. So don't be condemned. You just got to switch dads. You just got to convert dads. That's it. It's not even about you. Jesus goes, it's not even about me, but I'm the son of truth. So since I'm the son of truth, I'm telling the truth. The reason why I know you're lying no matter what you say is because I know who your dad is. And your dad's a liar. Truth actually is less a matter of information and more a matter of identity. Hear me today, truth is less a matter of information and more a matter of identity. Jesus is saying he speaks the truth because his father's a truth. Jesus' identity by birth is truth. Jesus' identity is truth. The point of me saying this is so we can understand why the truth can be so confusing in our language. We are in a world full of half-truths, altered-truths, swayed-truths. The reason why we use that phrase, there's two sides to every story, is because people can't help but tell the story that makes them look better and the other person look worse. We just can't help it. That's why it says there's two sides, because this person is gonna tell the truth via a biased perspective that makes them look better than the other side. We understand it, that's, that's, that's why that phrase exists. There's two sides to every story exists because of this very thing, people are liars. 
even if it's not cold-blooded, it's just through a, through a lens that, that, that's protecting me. You tell your life from a lens that protects you. So it's not pure. It's, it's, it's contaminated. It's, it's tampered with outside issues that make it impure. Truth today in our world seems like it's gone through a thousand rounds of telephone. You know, you tell somebody something about time it gets to that person, so many other factors have it, I mean, you know, hard of hearing, daydreaming, all these factors, and by the time it gets to this person, it's not even cold-blooded, it's just human nature. We taint truth. It goes through, once, it, once the truth goes through exaggeration, Shame, selective memory, bias, manipulation, trauma from the past, fear, selfish ambition, personal motives. You have something totally different than the truth and that is, voila, a lie. Truth tainted is a lie. Truth altered is a lie. Amen. Now, bear with me as I turn my notes back to the right side. Thank you, Jesus. I apologize. Truth has become so distorted. It's become so Manipulate. It's become so manufactured. It's become so edited to where the idea of an absolute truth sounds like a lie. Let's be honest. We push against it even in the church. Truth has become so foreign in our society where we have to decide whose truth we're gonna to listen to. We have brands of truth out here. We've got, we've got CNN truth. We've got Fox News truth. We've got social media truth. We've got race truth. We've got generation truth. We've got church denomination truth. We've got how I was raised truth. We've got woke truth. We've got conspiracy truth. And then in my favorite, we have living my truth truth. Guys, it's gotten so bad to where we've actually created a world where we can custom design our own truth. We can actually custom design it. Isn't that cool? A custom design. Well, I think people think it's cool. They, we love it. Because essentially, I can decide what truth is. And as long as it's my truth, you have no authority to change it. We custom design our truths. I'm here to let you know that no matter how much we manufacture truth, there is only one truth actually. Only one. Truth actually doesn't change depending on who's asking. Truth actually doesn't change depending on what side you're on. Truth actually doesn't change depending on if 
depending on the race of the individual. Truth actually doesn't change depending on the culture. Dare I say, truth actually doesn't even depend on context. Truth actually is a person. Truth actually is a person. Truth actually is Jesus. Jesus is the never-ending, ever-standing, no matter what anybody says, truth. Never-ending, ever-standing, no matter what anybody says, including us, truth. Romans 3 verse 4 says, let God be true though everyone were a liar. And what that phrase means, it is more likely for all of us, including me, to be liars before God is not true. Paul himself said, all of us are liars before God, even wavers in his truth. We don't build him. We didn't create him. He creates us. We don't get to tell him what the truth is based off of our lens. Paul said, I'm willing to call my own self a liar before I say that this one is not true. Nash for life, this is the point where we humble ourselves. This is the part where we lay down our truths and see it for what it really is, a lie. This is when we run and cling to the one thing that is actually true, Jesus. Remember guys, truth is less a matter of information and more a matter of identity. There are plenty of people who are speaking accurate information, but since it's missing the identity of Jesus, it still proves to be biased and contaminated. Do you know that you can actually be accurate and still be a lie? The Pharisees said it's against the law to do X, Y, and Z on the Sabbath. That is accurate, but it was coming from a lying heart. You can spew accurate information. You can quote scripture and still be doing it from a lying heart. And it has the same effect as if you were telling a bold-faced lie because truth in the end is less a matter of information and more a matter of identity. And I've got a story that's gonna help us understand this. Paul tells us how to, how to, how to, how to figure out, because that can be very confusing. It's like, well, doggone, Alvin, like, if, if, it's, if you can say accurate information, then how, how, how do we know what's true? Like, if you're telling me that somebody can actually say something accurate, and I can still be deceived and like that, where do I go from there? Paul says the way you do it is you test it. You test it. There is a way to test if something is truth actually. I have a story of a test for this very issue and it was awesome. It's one of my favorite stories. I forgot about it actually. And it's in 1 Kings chapter three. 16 through 23. It's a great story. Bear with me. All right. Are y'all good? 
All right. Then two prostitutes came to the king and stood before him. The one woman said, oh my Lord, this woman and I live in the same house and I gave birth to a child while she was in the house. Then on the third day after I gave birth, this woman also gave birth and we were alone. There was no one else with us in the house. Only we two were in the house. And this woman's son died in the night because she lay on him. And she arose at midnight and, and took my son from beside me while your servant slept and laid him on her breast and laid her dead son at my breast. When I rose in the morning to nurse my child, behold, he was dead. But when I looked at him closely in the morning, behold, he was not the child that I had born. But the other woman said, no, the child living, the living child is mine, and the dead child is hers. The first said, no, the dead child is yours, and the living child is mine. Thus they spoke before the king. Verse 23, then the king said, the one who says this is my son, he's trying to figure this out, verse 23. The king said, okay, so the one, who's, the one says this is my son that is alive, and your son is dead, and the other one says, no, but your son is dead, and, and my son is the living one. And they're like, yes. <laughs> so we have a situation here of two different people claiming that they're telling the truth, and the other person is telling a lie. Sounds like 2021 to me. <laughs> Sounds a whole lot like right now. So Solomon is in a dilemma. Two people are saying the same thing. I'm telling the truth, she's lying. I'm telling the truth, she's lying. Remember, we can test it. Remember, Paul says we can test it. So verse 24, this is why I love this man. And the king said, bring me a sword. So a sword was bought before the king. And the king said, divide the living child in two and give half to the one and half to the other. Verse 26, then the woman whose son was alive said to the king, because her heart yearned for her son, oh, my Lord, give her the living child and by no means put him to death. Identity. But the other said, he shall neither be mine nor yours. Divide him. Then the king answered and said, give the living child to the first woman and by no means put him to death. She is the mother. Test it. And all Israel heard of the judgment that the king had rendered and they stood in awe of the king because they perceived that the wisdom of God was in him to do justice. What a good story, right? Solomon knew the actual truth teller, not by their information, but by their identity. They were speaking the same information. So the tester had to be, well, what's a question that can reveal who they are? A real mother would rather lose her son 
and keep him alive. What kind of person would rather her son dead, split in two, to satisfy her own bias, her own preference, her own happiness? Selflessness is the identity of truth. It's the identity of Jesus. The one who was telling the truth revealed herself by her character. Satan's, Jesus says Satan lies out of his own character. So again, even Jesus is saying this is less about information. It's about his, his, his identity is lies. So when it comes to truth, it's the same thing. Truth comes from our character. The person who would choose a baby to die just to satisfy their own bias, their own jealousy, their own competition, versus a person who would sacrifice their preference and their rights to preserve a life. Truth, is, truth actually is a matter of, more of a matter of information, less a matter of, ident- uh, less a matter of information, more a matter of identity. The identity of truth is selfless for the sake of others. The identity of a lie is ruthless for the sake of itself. If you want to test it, the identity of truth is selfless for the sake of others. The identity of a lie is ruthless for the sake of itself. Which one sounds more like Jesus? Jesus is the identity of truth, selfless for the sake of others. He laid down his life. He was crucified, laid down his deity, laid down his honor, laid down his fame, laid down his glory for the sake of others. Those who wanted to crucify Jesus, ruthless. We'd rather the truth die than for our lives to be changed, for our lives to maybe have to be altered, for our lives to, have to look different than the way we want it to look. We'd rather truth die. We're ruthless for the sake of our own preservation. Who else would take a loss like Jesus? That woman was willing to take a loss. She loved her son. But she was willing to take a loss and lose the argument to preserve the life of her son. She was willing to go the rest of her days without custody of her own child just to not see her son cut in two. This is the identity of truth. This is what let him know. That's the mom. Her identity is lining up with a real mom. Her identity is lining up with truth. Jesus is the truth and that he laid down his life. And he serves as a bridge to this day. He serves as a bridge for us to walk on, for us to stand on. He does it every day. It doesn't matter how confusing, guys, things get in our world. It doesn't matter how confusing, no matter how many people you're here, we've got so much in our ears, guys. And it can come so overwhelming, and I'm trying to let you guys know 
that there is a truth. There's truth that never wavers. He never changes. He never gives up. He never gets tired. No matter where you are, no matter how many different things you're hearing, truth actually is right here. And he's in the form of Jesus. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the way. He is the life. So we as saints don't have to be anxious because this person's saying this and this person's saying this and this person's got an expert and that person's got an expert and this person has research and that person has research and this person has evidence and this person... Ah! Jesus goes, chill. Truth is me. If you got me, you got the truth. If you got me, you've got the truth. So be not troubled. Relax. The truth is a person, and you can have him right now. Some of you all do have him right now. So you don't have to be confused. There's no confusion in God because he's the truth. Confusion is the fusion of two truths. It's like, what's going on? I'm thinking this, and I'm thinking this, and this is true, and this is. He goes, no, I'm one. There's no confusion in me because I'm one. Con means two together, with. Like, it's with. It's joined with something else. I am one. Jesus goes, I am one. There is no confusion in me because there's not two in me. It's me. I'm a singular person. There's no confusion. So if you follow him, guys, you won't be confused. John 16, 12 through 14, Jesus says, I still have many things I say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. That's why you don't have to be anxious, guys. I know you're hearing a lot of stuff. Don't be anxious because he will guide us into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority. Basically, he's not going to put any bias in it. He's not going to put any, he's going to slip a few things in that's kind of from him. He goes, no, he's not going to speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak. Basically, you don't have to worry about telephone with the Holy Spirit. You don't have to worry about, uh, did he catch everything? The Holy Spirit will tell exactly what he heard. And he will declare to you things that are to come. He will glorify me. This is Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Basically, you can trust the spirit of truth. He's he's not going to add anything. He's not going to sway it. He's not going to edit it. He's going to tell it just the way he got it. Jesus is not only the truth, but he has sent his faithful spirit to give us access to everything we need to know. Things that will keep you calm, calm, calm. I'm not saying not passionate. You can be passionate and still calm. They are not mutually exclusive. You can be on fire and still relax, okay? 
Stop thinking that being on fire for God means you've got to be a manic. We're, get, we're, we're, we're making it look bad. We're making the fire of God look like something that it's not. Be calm. Relax. You can be secure in such a shaky and shifting time. We are in a very unstable time. But God goes, my people are planted on the rock. We're not, our, our roots aren't in this time. Our roots aren't in this world. So in the midst of all of this confusion, there's a people who walk in the truth. And because of it, they're not anxious. That's why Jesus said you don't have to be anxious for anything. Not because not, there's not crazy things going on. Not because there aren't disturbing things going on. But you've got the truth. You've got me. If I care about the grass, how much more do I care for my sons and daughters? Amen. So if you would like to connect with truth actually, if you want the person, if you want the identity of truth, if you want to bypass the information, just to prove that it is an identity, I know someone, and this is going to really, I think it will encourage you. If you're, if you're prideful about like your studies, you're not going to like this. But I know people, and it's happened more than once, but it's happened very recently, and you know who, he, he knows who I'm talking about, because I think he's here. Um, receives Jesus. When I say the man doesn't know a Bible verse, if it hit him in the face. But when we talk, he's speaking truth. He knows no information. He's never been taught hardly anything. He's come to a few services. There's been like five times where we've talked. I said, do you know that you just quoted 1 Corinthians 13? He said something else. Did you? Bro, I was laughing in his face. I said, you're quoting the Bible and you don't even know it. He was speaking truth, not because he read Isaiah 55, but he had Isaiah 55. Now, does he need to read his Bible? Absolutely. At the same time, guys, without even knowing anything, he was speaking truth because he met the person. He met the person. And turns out, it's a per truth is a person. And that was, I mean, without even trying, he was just like, yeah, because, you know, I said, like, bro, that was just Jeremiah. He's like, oh, because <laughs> truth is an identity. Meanwhile, it's possible to have the info. Not a person of truth in sight. I thank God for this man because he's reminding me I can't put too much stock in my, in my history of studies. I went through three semesters of destiny training. If I don't know the person of truth, worthless. 
So if you want the person of truth, let's stand up. All of us, let's all stand up. Father, I thank you for truth actually. I thank you for the person of truth, Jesus Christ. Jesus, I thank you for revealing yourself to us and making yourself known so that we don't have to go another day in deception, in deceit. God, I thank you for giving us unadulterated truth. Truth that has not been processed and manufactured through culture, through pain, through disappointments. Some of our truth, God, God has, has, has been, has gone through the ringer. Disappointment, failure, unanswered prayers, betrayal, abandonment, shame, And Lord, it's become so processed to where it's become a lie. Lord, I thank you for refreshing the pure truth today. Pure truth, Jesus, you are here and you are pure. And we acknowledge you and we invite you into our hearts. We invite you free from all of the other processes and manipulation and all the contamination where we, we invite you, the person of truth, the identity of truth, truth actually, we invite you into our hearts right now. Father, I pray that your purity would chase away all contamination, all dirt, all sin, all confusion, all deceit, whether deceit that we've received or deceit that we've shared, Lord, deal with all of it. Chase it all away. Wash it all away. Wash it all away. Wash it all away. We repent for any second-rate truth, brand of truth that we have accepted into our lives. Lord, help us to get back to the primary pure, original Jesus. And Lord, we pray this in your name. I'm going to ask everybody here to repeat this prayer after me. I want us all to receive Jesus, a fresh dose of who he is. This is an altar call for those who are not Christians and want to be, but for those of us who are. And we just need to be refreshed from the, the spirit of truth. So repeat this word, this, this prayer after me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins and was raised from the dead on the third day forgive me of my sins and make me a new person in Christ in the name of Jesus I pray amen let's celebrate truth right now let's celebrate freedom let's celebrate the person of Jesus Christ
Jesus, we love you. We trust you. We will serve you. We receive you, Jesus. We receive you, Spirit of truth. Wash us, Lord. Wash our hearts. Wash our minds, Lord. Yes, Lord. If you said yes to Jesus, particularly the first time, or, or maybe, you know what, maybe you said yes to him once and just now you really mean it and you're ready to go all the way, let us know and text yes to Jesus to 77411. I'm loving people texting, letting us know because that's how we're able to keep track of how many people are saying yes to Jesus. And it's so encouraging to the church to know that, you know, 90 people said yes and 60 people said yes and 12 people said yes. Lord, it helps us to know. So please text us. We're going to reply with some helpful information that'll get you going, give you a strong start in your journey. If you'd like to get more connected to Nashville Life, text that same number, but text the word belong, and we'll share with you some information that'll help you get connected with the church. The best way to get connected at Nashville Life is to go to Next Steps. And we have it at room 104. It's through these double doors to my right, and it starts at 3.30. Uh, if you don't know where 104 is, just one of the team members can direct you. You'll meet with our pastors, our leaders, and we'll share a little bit about what we're about. And I would love for you to come to that. If you have any prayer requests, go to our website. We got a prayer team that's waiting to see these requests so they can labor in prayer uh, for whatever it is you submit. If you want prayer right here in person, we've got two people that'll be happy to pray with you at the end of service. They're gonna come down. Um, remember, we have water baptism in two weeks on Tuesday. So if you wanna be water baptized, just let us know, we'll get you set up. Um, and then this Tuesday night, open mic life group, I would love for y'all to be here because uh, it's always a wild ride when we pass the mic. So uh, I love for y'all to be here. But I want to pray a dismissal prayer. And uh, I love y'all so much. I'm kind of just still sensitive to the truth, uh, the spirit of truth. Uh, I'm just so grateful for it. So let's pray. Uh, Father, we love you. We bless you. Um, I pray a blessing over every person, every family that is represented here. Father, I thank you for the spirit of truth. And I pray, Lord, that it would stick with us and, and minister to us on our next, on our ride home or to eat or wherever we're going. God, let us never lose uh, hold of this truth, of the spirit of truth, God. And Lord, help us to, to just continue to walk in your truth and to grow in the truth. And we pray all of these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Have a great afternoon.